Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official Shondaland podcast for the night that we like to call TGIT, and ABC likes to call it TGIT too. So I guess everyone calls it TGIT now, which is good because otherwise you wouldn't know what the hell I was talking about. But you guys, today I have like one of the best people in the world here. I've known her now for a while because I actually met her before she joined the cast of Grey's Anatomy because we auditioned her for something and it wasn't a perfect fit, but we fell in love with her. And in the moment we met her, Shonda looked at me and said, okay, put a pin in her because we need to keep her. And then Shonda wrote a character for you. And of course, who else would I be talking about but Jessica Capshaw. Oh, it's me. Who is Dr. Arizona Robbins, <laughs> who we know and love. And in fact, that is a true story. You came in for Nurse Rose, I think. I just had a baby. I had my son, who is now eight, and <laughs> I was completely in the trenches of new motherhood. And my agent called me and said, I would normally not call you because I know that you had a baby 13 days ago, but this is your favorite show. And they're looking for someone. And I think it's probably going to be a really, she was very funny. She would say things like, it's going to be a really juicy arc. <laughs> and I said, okay, juicy it's going to be a juicy arc. I said, I'll take, I'll take any kind of arc on Grey's Anatomy. And I couldn't even, I couldn't I couldn't even yet honestly conceive of leaving my house, let alone leaving my house without my child, who was 13 <laughs> days old. And so I called my mom and I said, Mom, will you please watch Luke? And she said, yes. Every time I'd get over a hurdle, I'd realize what the next one was. And so I got the child care and then I was like, I forgot how to be an actress. I was like, what do you, what do you, how do you get dressed? What do you wear? Who do you, do you drive? Do you take a bus? Like I really honestly had no, I was completely flummoxed. I pretty much put on like 17 pairs of Spanx and some sort of outfit that I felt like maybe didn't make me look like I just had a baby. And I came in to read for Nurse Rose. And everyone was, you know, very kind and full of smiles. And I feel like Rob Corn was sitting on the couch. He might have been because he might have been directing that first episode. And I came in full of like steam and moxie. And then, of course, it just went, oh, my God, I'm really here. And then just tried to carry through. And then I got in my car to come home and I felt so accomplished. Like I did it. Like I right. made it through that audition. And, and my agent called me on my ride home and was like, they loved you. They thought you were great. I was like, fantastic. I can go to bed tonight feeling great about myself. I don't even need the part but they're like but they need you to come back tomorrow and read with Patrick Dempsey and I'm like I have to do that again no I can't do that again I have to get my mom put the spanks on get to the place and so I did it again and I knew Patrick from before because he had come to guest star on the practice which was a show that I had done earlier and he was so charming oh yeah and I remember the girl who was sitting in the waiting room so I knew it was like between me and her so it's a blonde and a brunette I was the blonde, she was the brunette. And I went in, I had the best time, and I thought, no matter what happens, I did my best work and whatever will happen will happen. I didn't get it. The brunette got it. And then then, then they called and said, but Betsy and Shauna loved you. They think you're so great. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, great. And about a year later, there's a new part that I think was Melissa George's part. Oh, you came in an audition for Melissa yeah. George's part? I, You know what? I was, weirdly enough, in Hong Kong. So I was not... <laughs> that was a weirdly enough. I was doing <laughs> promotions for the shows for ABC International. And so those 
auditions for the four days that I was going on. So I got a phone call saying, come in for I this totally part. This, this, you guys, this is why I love doing this podcast, because I learn all this crap <laughs> that I could have asked her at any time I've seen you the million times over the past 400 years. Again, it was a juicy, juicy arc. All you could tell was that it was kind of like a racy girl. Yeah, yeah, she was, and she was frankly, a bad girl. And frankly, I'm not all that racy. I'm really not. <laughs> You're not really that I'm racy. I'm not all that racy. <laughs> I came in and tried to be racy. And so I left and I didn't get the part again. Maybe that was when Shonda had said, put a pin in her. Or I feel like Linda one time told me that after that audition, she said something like, put peds down next to her name yep. or something that was like that. But, well, I remember the peds thing. And there was this very distinct thing about wearing rollers in your sneakers and having a little teddy bear on your badge. Like I remember these kind of details being right. gigantic that you could tell everything you needed to about this woman because she made peds delightful. She right. was like, did these horribly intense and desperate surgeries on newborns and tiny little children, but she just sort of spread very straightforward joy wherever she went. And you were who they sh she thought of, see? I so, love that, I'll take that is, any day. See, exactly, so I think three times was a charm. Yeah, because it must have been a couple months after that and I got a phone call saying there's a three episode arc and they'd like you to do it. I mean, I couldn't have been more excited, like from my toes to my nose excited. And then the first piece of information I ever got was, what was my character's name? It was Arizona Robbins. We gave it up, man. Good and it was and it was a humdinger because oh, I mean, go. you're waiting to find out any little piece and you find out your name is Arizona Robbins and you're like, wow, okay. Martin Henderson, I've got to say, when Martin Henderson started, we had no idea what the name of his character was. I've known Martin for years because we did a pilot called Inside the Box together and then we did mm -hmm. Off the Map together. So he called and he kept calling in that sort of like sweet Martin Henderson way saying, hey, Betsy, do you have any idea what my name is? Because it makes a big difference for me as I'm preparing for my character. I was like, no, 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 no. So finally we found out it was Nathan and I, he was like, Nathan? Are you sure, Nathan? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's you Nathan. You want to try again? It's like, okay, I got it. I'm going to make it a Nathan. It's all good. It's funny when you guys first find out because it's like, it's like having a baby. It's you like know? the first indicator. It becomes real, a real physical baby. So the three episode arc turned out pretty good. Three episode arc turned out really good. There's a lot happening on the show because it was like the fifth season, yep. but it was still, it was still so beloved. I really enjoyed everyone. I worked mostly with Chandra and Justin. They're such incredible people to sort of usher you in. So I got just everything good. I think I did three. Like I kept getting asked to do another one. It was the first time I'd done a show where there was actually like immediate response. There was the the message boards on abc.com. Instant yeah, feedback. Yeah, you guys, this was really before Twitter and like... Yes, for sure. And Facebook was present, but it wasn't the same kind of level, I think. So in the olden days, which a lot of you <laughs> listeners probably don't remember, like we used to get fan mail, which was amazing. And now you figure there's so many other ways of connecting with talent. What I noticed, people had so much good to say about this character. That like yeah. they liked the happy. We'd gone dark. I mean, it, it had gone yeah. kind of dark. Ghost Denny, the Denny Ghost Denny. I loved Ghost Denny. And I had to do scenes with him. The director kept saying to me, you can't look at him. He's not there. <laughs> but he's right there. You guys, Ghost Denny. Sean and I were recently just talking about Ghost Denny. I loved Ghost Denny. Everybody was sure that we really had a ghost in the show and they were all really angry. They were super angry. They were like, this is Grey's Anatomy. What's a ghost doing the show? And we, Sean just kept sort of saying, you know, everybody's got to calm down for yeah. five seconds. And then, you know, it was a problem with her brain, yeah. for God's sake. So yeah. there you go. There you go. It was um, You know, what's so interesting to me too is we've gone over the years and there's an amazing relationship, obviously, with 
you and Callie, and that went on, and God, you lost your leg, and you've been in a plane crash, and you've been through a hell of a lot of stuff. What I'm really loving about the character now is, and was really a lot about what this episode, the episode you guys just watched is for Arizona, Alan, she's just embracing her inner and outer slut, which I'm finding absolutely delightful, because <laughs> it's about time Arizona yeah. had some guilt-free fun, I think, don't you? Yes. Because you've been through so many stages of this and yeah. you guys tried to stay together and stay together with a kid and then she was in the accident and then the things. Yeah. And it's just been just an endless run. But actually watching Happy Arizona, who's now kind of trying to give advice to other people in the hospital, I'm finding also <laughs> incredibly entertaining. Yes. I, mean, you know. I know, I know. Well, because the beginning of the character, you know, when, I mean, first of all, I didn't, I didn't know anything about Arizona besides her name and then that she was in peds and then she was a really good doctor. And then came the dirty bar bathroom kiss. And what you sort of saw through like sort of, I think it was like a montage or it was just like a quick little scene or whatever was that Arizona was kind of like a slut. Like you saw her at the bar, there were tons of girls. I remember that. I love that. And that's who she was. And then through the course of this, you know, intricate and sometimes devastating and sometimes hilarious relationship that they had for six years, right? Five yeah. or six years. Yeah. There was so much responsibility. And so you kind of stopped seeing that part of Arizona because yeah. it wasn't accessible at the time. That was that dark, 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 dark year after the plane crash because she just lost a leg yeah. <laughs> and everything was mad and sad. And it was so hard. It was so hard to play because it was such a different part of her and sometimes you can't understand what your character is going through and mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to put the cart before the horse and play it I mean that was such a dark year and, and everything else but now in coming out of it and sort of feeling I think unfettered there's been all this fun yeah it's been legitimate fun because no, there's nothing guilt there's nothing to feel guilty about totally totally and I think what's really fun about this season in general is yes serious things are happening and there are some very rough stories and you watch you know Japril break up and Alex and Joe are having some issues. You know, it's like the ring and the drawer and the thing and mm -hmm. what's going to happen with that. But what's been, I think, overwhelmingly true about the season for me is it's just, it's really fun to watch because everybody's sort of at new beginnings. It's sort of like a rebirth after all the drama and sadness of last year and the mm -hmm. end of last year. It's just really fun to watch because everybody's trying to navigate new territory and mm -hmm. it's really, really funny. Watching you try to give advice to April is genius. And poor Weber. Oh my gosh. Like poor Weber is just like so in over his head between Maggie having sex with, I mean, she with the kid's intern who then he abuses and then Maggie gets pissed off. That surgery scene was so which funny. Because so, the intern's my roommate. Which is hysterical. And then you just went off about how much sex and how loud it is. He's got no clue. No, he's not he built, he's no not built for this. And he literally, I mean, and he's such an amazing, first of all, he's an amazing man. He's, Jim Pickens, he's just but, great. And he just has made this character that just comes out of every pore of his body and he doesn't even have to like, he switches into it and it's like all of him is chief. There's also just an amazing moment very early on when we realized he was funny. Because initially when we cast him, he was like, he was the chief. Yeah, he's serious. And it was like, Muh, huh. And then I forget when it was, but there was, I think, a skills lab, like, super early on, like, maybe season two, season one or season two, and he had to do the skills lab, and it was like, oh, my God, he's really, he can be really, yeah. really funny. And over the years, I mean, God knows the man's been through a lot. He's, he's struggled yeah. with alcohol and yes. cheating and his yeah. wife, and now he's married to Debbie Allen. Well, he's not really married to Debbie Allen, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But he's just so funny, and there's scenes with you guys where you just, no censoring ability, and yeah. on his face, it's just, it's just it's no, genius. No, because he's so genuine. He's so he's completely guileless. I mean, he really wants to know about how, like, you know, it's all about, like, if he's going to be my wingman, then he needs to have some follow-through. He needs to understand what happened. 
happens. And so I'm sort of going, you don't really want to know. You don't want to really know this. And you don't want to know. No, 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 no. And so I love there's that one scene where I say, um, Over the river, through the woods. Yes, I say, Down well, the turnpike. You know, we went down, you know, we went, she, she's, you know, she, she went showed downtown. me all around. And he goes, Oh, yeah, where'd you go? <laughs> like, really serious. Like, where did you go? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, we went everywhere. I mean, like, you know, everywhere. And he, I switch into, like, sexy time, and he's got no clue. And then he finally puts two and two together, and then, of course, he couldn't be more mortified. His face is just a piece of genius know, at that point. I, I know, know, I know. I know. You know, and the one other thing about this episode, for me personally, is that it involves Katie Bryce. And Katie yeah. Bryce was the pilot. I could not have been more excited to see Katie Bryce again because we were all obsessed with rhythmic gymnastics after that because none yeah. of us could say it. And all the way through the pilot, I kept saying rhythmic gymnastics rhythmic gymnastics like really really fast but the other thing just for you guys who are fans and sort of geeks is you'll notice that there are two cues in this episode which we also used in the pilot there's the butterfly boucher song i think and there's one other song i have to check out but they're from early Grey's anatomy and one of them specifically was super timed around katie bryce so that's just a little weird fun fact if you go back and you look at the pilot you'll recognize some of the music and of course you're going to recognize katie bryce because it was a a weird walk down memory lane and yeah. we saved her again so she's free to teach gym to yeah. other children apparently all over america yeah, which exactly. is kind of amazingly and cool what she should be doing I, exactly <laughs> now how do you feel about answering some questions from some of your Tweetski fans. I'm in. Facebook and Tweetski. in. Give it awesome. to me. Awesome. Um, Jaylene from Anatomy Grays wants to know. That's a lot of S's. <laughs> I was hissing. Oh, it wasn't Z's? It wasn't, it wasn't Z's? Z. It was I guess it should be that. Grays Anatomy. Yeah. There you Thank go. you. There you go. Jessica Capshaw, who's really good at accents and enunciation. <laughs> um, what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you while filming on set? Well, I'm not easily embarrassed. That's you're a hard not, one. Actually, I've got to say, you're pretty. When you came into audition the first time, you told us you were wearing three pairs of Spanx. You just had a baby like 13 days before. Yeah. You didn't look like it. That was true. Because <laughs> that was all true. I, yeah, no, I'm not easily embarrassed. Oh, gosh. So, what's, I'm the, just not. what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you? Like, what, just, crack, what cracks you up? Well, it's the, for some reason, it's like actor kryptonite. But as so, like, just as soon as you realize that you're flubbing a line, messing up a line, or really flat out just don't know a line, it just is never not funny. It's That's always true. the funniest thing ever. And then, the, then, then pretty much the slew of expletives that come out of your mouth right afterwards <laughs> ends up making everybody else laugh. And then, you know, sometimes you get these lines. I mean, Justin and I, he's like my work husband, you know? Like, I just, I love him so much, and we work together all the time. And he, you know, we kind of know each other in a specific way. And it's so like, it's so easy and he can sort of say anything to me. But oftentimes, like, you know, we'll get a line that's just like not easy to say in the moment, you know, where like, it'll just be like, Alex is about to do something and Arizona has to say like, no, Alex. And sometimes I'll get completely caught up on how to say the no, Alex. And it will come out like that instead of like authentic. It'll come out really, really forced and like, no. And then he literally will look at me and be like, you got to stop that. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so then we sort of dissolve and then, and then I have to get it back together again. I got to tell you, you guys, if you ever see blooper reels or like we do these reels at the end of the year and yes. very often they end up online, three quarters of it is you guys just screwing up lines. I know. I know. Or walking well, in the wrong place yeah. or... Walking in the wrong place. Which yeah. I always find for some reason I find people screwing up physically. I find you guys screwing up surgeries hysterically funny too. Well, it's like we're like the Swedish chef because, you know, I mean, sometimes you see our hands and most of the times we're just making our hands move. It looks like you're tossing salad. Yeah, we're, we, we call, are. We call it tossing salad. I know. And I remember when Dane first started, like poor Dane, like Eric Dane... 
God bless him. He's on a ship. (laughs) He's on a ship. It may be the last ship, but he's on it. I love me some Eric Dane. I love me some Eric Dane. When he first started, he he was just flummoxed by the surgeries. He just was like, it's like, really? I remember working with an actor in private practice who was a recurring, who the same thing where he just was like, I, I, I can't speak and do this at the same no. time. And that's the genius about masks, because you guys all have masks. Yeah, we so do. We all have masks. We can always, we can always give a little extra yeah. help in yeah. those particular situations. Eric one time had, he was just like, his thoughts Focus. were elsewhere. And right when he comes in, he has to be like, it's an emergent situation, and he has to come in right away, and the first thing you do is you get your gloves on. And it looks like a really, it looks like something that should be really fluid, really fast. And like, if you know what you're doing, you go right, left, and you're, someone's holding up the gloves and it's just like your hand does a swan dive into the glove instantly and fits perfectly. And then your left goes in perfectly. And then you're like ready to go and be a surgeon. I swear, I think 26 times (laughs) he walked to the door and tried to put the right paw in and the left paw in. Gloves were breaking. He would miss the the <laughs> hole for the and it was finally like it was almost like do you, I think we should leave and just like let you do this on your own because harder be than it looks dignity in exactly it because at this point it's just now gone wrong. Now McDimples wants to know. I love Calzona. When you have scenes where you need to cry. What do you do to make tears fall? What do I do to make tears fall? How, do you do it? Do you get help? What do you do? Well, you, you can attest to this. In Table Reads, we haven't even read what we're about to do. Oh, yeah. And most, I can honestly say that most every scene that I've ever cried in on the show has made me cry when I read it for the first time. So it's so my point is is that if I, if I cry in the Table Read, it's really just about the words. For me, it's always about the words. In the beginning, I think I, I, I felt a lot more pressure to be like insta-tears because it was new and I wanted to be able to like, you know, deliver. The longer that I've been on the show, I have to say it's much easier. <laughs> you know, you just, we're all comfortable. And again, if, if it's part of the story, it's part of the story. So my, my answer is, is that in, in life as an actress, but it's been really easy for me on Grey's, is that the story gets you there. You know, if you think about the story, if, there's, if, if you're meant to be crying, the hardest thing to do is come into a scene where you've already been crying. Yeah. Like you're already crying and they find you crying. Yes. And you're like, or sometimes well, Shonda will do this too, where she'll specifically, she loves this. This is like at least twice as happened where my character's gone from laughing to crying. Oh, she loves doing that. And you're like, duh. She loves doing this to you. Like, it's, All of a sudden, I'm laughing, and then I'm crying, and then I'm cr- laughing again, and it's like... You and you laughing and crying, it's true. It's like... Tough job. It's like lying. She's got to stop that. I know. It's just nasty. I know. Um, now, I know the answer to this, but I want you to answer this, because I think everybody would love to hear this. Liz, at A Drop of Magic, wants to know, what was it wor- What was it like working with Gina Davis? Oh, my sweet Gina Davis. I love Gina Davis. I love Gina Davis, too. I just love her. Just love her. She was so much fun. She's super goofy. You know, you can use these words you've heard before, but if they don't do her justice. I mean, I would say she's eccentric. I would say she's goofy. I would say she's wily. She's crazy smart. She loves telling you how smart she is, but in a really nice way. <laughs> it just comes up. It just comes up how big her brain is and that her brain has been studied for science of how big it is and how smart it is. Because that's actually the true story. That's a true story. Um, and also, then there's the archery stories, which are kind of crazy The too. archery stories. And the body. Yeah, Let's the body's talk about nuts. the body. The body's nuts. Because the body is 
what, 6'1 or something, and just like perfectly proportioned. And then you have to go back and start watching things where she was like full force body, and it's like action movies, and like she's lingerie modeling 1980s photos. And then she was just, you know, she was just crazy professional. And also when she was in the room, it was like there was really like, not that we aren't all adults, but it was like a real adult was in the room. I just love her. I've had such a good time with her. I still talk to her. She's just like, she's just, she's super smart and fun. But I think the great thing was, Your guys' chemistry was really, really good. And what was really fun watching was for Arizona finally to have a mentor. Yeah. Because we'd never seen that before. And that's sort of like peppy, wandering through the darkness at points, like positive, figuring out ways to figure out everything yourself. Like Arizona's so scrappy and pulls herself up by her own bootstraps and to have somebody there that she could get so much fun and glean so much fun was just so much fun to watch. And I mean, I keep sort of saying like, hey, isn't there just a world where we could have a blind surgeon? Totally. Like, so what she if she's to come blind? back and consult on she things. She could just touch things. Yeah, she could like, touch things. She, she could just feel, feel her way around. Exactly, because I... I know, I, I know. She's like, she's just, she's absolutely the best. Well, there's got to be a way to, you know, we'll figure out how to make blind people see again. You can do that, right? Totally. Now, Harper at Nothing But Grays wants to know, do you feel you've become more like Arizona or has Arizona become more like you? Neither. I mean, I always say that she looks a lot like me, but she's totally different. I mean, we we just have, we have, <laughs> we have very... You guys do look alike. We look so a lot yeah. alike. <laughs> look a Super lot strange. alike. No, she and I are very different. I think that the way that she's, you know, the composite that makes her up is very different than I am. And no, and you know, you can do all your research on figuring out how to, how certain people have dealt with some of the obstacles that she has dealt with in her life. And yeah, what you did a lot really of research mean. when a you lost your leg. Physical and, stuff. Yeah. yeah. But it was also, you know, wanting to be able to, as a straight woman, play a gay woman. It was really important to me that that was done right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) that that was done with respect but not so much reverence that there wasn't there wasn't like the character in there she's a person because i'd already i already started playing the character before i knew she was gay same with jeff perry and scandal i mean yeah it's it's just it's like what's great is it's like people reveal themselves in real time and in a normal time and you don't know everything about somebody anybody when you first meet them no so it's something that is revealed over time usually or different things are revealed over time your past your history your orientation your religion there only thing that you know is from the beginning of a lot of characters is what they do what their purpose is on that show you know just they're a doctor they're a lawyer they're a fixer but what's i think great about the writing on the shows and also just about life is the better you get to know something the more things reveal themselves which is kind of cool Yes. And kind of organic and, and really nice and fun to be able to watch. Now, we have some personal non-show related questions I'm just going to ask you. show them. Give them to me. Okay, so how ready are you for baby number four? How ready am I? L at Queen J Cap. <laughs> we had a lot of questions about baby bumps and babies. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And this is my third one on the show. So I have experience with the baby bump hiding. How ready am I? I, you know, I'm... I'm pretty prepared. I'm pretty prepared. You've done this before. I have. I'm very excited that the baby is coming when we break for hiatus. So are we, you guys. So are we. Although we are also very happy when you are with us. So it doesn't... Yes. It's like six and one half dozen exactly. tests. Exactly. I think that what I feel more than anything with the fourth is I have great hopes that, you know, in the beginning, in the with the first one, you're, you're just a bundle of nerves and expectancy and everything is new and foreign and with the second I think that I had a little more road under my feet but the third came so quickly after the second <laughs> that I got 
<laughs> that I got upended again. And now I feel like there's been enough space where, you know, I have a three, a five, and an eight-year-old, and um, everyone is just cruising along right now. And so to have a chance at another baby is just exciting, and I'm, I'm ready to, like, lean into it and just be a mama for a bit. That's safe. I mean, I'm a mama all the time, but <laughs> she's a mama all the time. She's a mama all the time. Well, look, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. So sweet of you to come over here of and course, you, of on course. your day off. And just for the record, because it is my want, uh, Jessica today is wearing a blue plaid shirt, which looks super cozy and soft. It, this, do you want to feel how soft it is? Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm feeling the shirt right now. You guys, oh, it is soft. It is super soft. It's super soft. And it's blue and it's got like red mm -hmm. and white and other yeah. blue stripes. And yeah. it's a button down and it's covering her very demure baby bump which is <laughs> slightly adorbs and she's wearing some jeans and yep. a pair of like super cute are those alligator they're a little a little loafer action there's some loafer I'm action a little, i'm a little like uh, east coast preppy today she's she's kind of rocking the east coast preppy <laughs> and she's looking really good with it so it's like we like to give the um listeners kind of a visual there you go so they can when they listen to this again i've got they my can, quarter pony she's got a, in the she hair. does have a quarter you know, pony going like, yeah she's got my a, daughters are addicted to you know like the man bun hairdo that's so popular right now where it's like yeah. the half up but yep. it's like a bun. My daughters, we have a thing because they, for a while they just kept literally every time they saw someone they'd point and go, man bun! And I said, I, we just need to stop doing that. So now we have a thing with our eyes that we do and my daughter looks at me, you can't see me right now, but she gives me the side eye and goes, um, Jessica just gave a side eye and she's <laughs> winking. <laughs> so my daughter gives me a side eye and a wink and then she nods her head towards the person that has the man bun. You, you figured out <laughs> Genius and very courteous code. Yeah, we, we gotta have your manners. Excellent mom. <laughs> Next week on Grey's Anatomy, the episode is called All Eyes on Me, and it involves Meredith and Bailey and Jackson and Callie going, and Joe, going off site. And <laughs> God bless me, son, you. I gotta say that again. Listen to that, okay? <laughs> and it's an amazing episode, and a lot of stuff happens, which is quite intense. Watch Ben. Just all I'm telling you guys is keep an eye on Ben. That's Thursday, March 10th at 8 o'clock on ABC. Scandal, the, the show is appealingly called The Fish Rots from the Head. And I'm going to tell you something. It really does in this episode. Like Literally? Really rots. I don't think it's a fish. Exactly. But... <laughs> I think metaphorically, and that's on March 10th at 9 o'clock on ABC. And on How to Get Away with Murder, There Is My Baby is the name of the episode. It's um, it's getting really tense, you guys. It's getting super close to the season finale. So you really need to tune in because there are a lot of things in this episode you're going to watch in preparation for next week, which I know you guys are going to be watching. And that's Thursday, March 10th at 10 o'clock on ABC. Thank you so much, EW.com, for posting an exclusive first listener to the podcast every Thursday night. And don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe to the podcast at itunes.com backslash Shondaland, where each new podcast is available on Friday evenings. Thank you, Jessica. I will be back next week with another phenomenal guest from TGIT. But in the meantime, have a great week, stay safe, and we will talk soon. Bye-bye.